We're going to talk about crazy sh- the craziest shit our parents have ever done. So and our parents. if you know anything about us, then you know that we both have very alcoholic, narcissist, bipolar, Let me get this crazy motherfucking parents. My mom is awesome. She's Not parents. I, yeah. My father is the my mother the fuckhead. Well, my dad's in prison too, so he's it, fucked yeah. Up. My father's the fuckhead. Uh, <laughs> but my mom, uh, she's completely disabled. She has a muscular dystrophy, and uh, she's the sweetest thing ever. Um, and she did a lot to raise us kids. You know, I got three other siblings, and she did a lot for us. And having that like limitation, she didn't make an excuse for anything. That's where I got a lot of my hard work and stuff from. Is from her, just like watching her do stuff. Um, even though she couldn't walk and stuff, she made no excuses, but my father is the fuckhead. Yeah. So we just wanted to share a couple of stories cause I got some funny ones cause I feel like a lot of individuals that kind of grow up with some trauma, they lose their way a little bit. Most of them, they have either troubling parents. That's, and you can't use that as an excuse. No, no, not at all. Like people do though. I want you uh, to well understand. My parents were fucked up, so that's why I'm a fuck up. Well, don't use it as an excuse. I kind of was in denial with myself, and I thought um, it's funny. I told myself I would never be like my father. I kind of turned out yeah. like my father. Um, Which is so crazy. And I just, did too. It was kind of out of nowhere, and I, I would just be sitting because I would be. It would be late at night, um, and I would be fucking shit faced, drunk, high on pills. And I would just be so depressed and lonely. And I would uh, just hit me one day and I was like, wow, I'm just like my fucking father. You know, that's so sad. And it sucks because I've been in that same same shoes with my mom and sex work and all that goes into that. I always said I was never going to be like her. And then I look back on my life. I'm like, fuck, I was her for a little bit. Yeah. You just kind of. And it just is what it, you if you have parents, you know, you're like in your 20s or 30s and you have parents who are toxic and whatever, like, and you don't want to be like that. Number one is being aware of it. But number two, you got to break the cycle or yeah, you're going to make cycle. your kids that way. Yeah, that's what and I, my kids kind of dealt with me in that situation for a little bit. I was never physically abusive to them or anything, but they kind of got to experience like me, not fully me. Right. If that makes sense. And, you know, I, I was able to catch it quick and completely change myself. So of course don't make and make it a like don't play victim. Don't feel like you have to use that as an excuse like uh, <laughs> my father's like that, I'm like that or your mother's like that. I'm like, you know. So right. You can get out of it, but we I just I always used to use the the um like you know, like, oh, well, I never had a good representation of what a healthy relationship should look like. So what do you expect? You know, me being in sex work and doing all these things. And I use that as like a um, excuse to why I was living the life that I was living. And when I say I turned out like my father, I didn't turn out 100% like my father. Yeah. I never did half the shit this crazy motherfucker did. Uh, and that's what we're here talking I, about. Yeah. I just kind of got the brunt of like the drinking and like the substance abuse part, you know, and I, I didn't do half. Oh, right. Like you weren't like abusive to your family and my and, actions were, yeah, yeah, I didn't do anything like that. And that's where it comes into. Um, but I feel like your dad, once, once upon a time was in the position you were in. He, his life just escalated because he never stopped it. Like you stopped. It. No, no, no. My mom's told me. So my mom told me a story um, about my dad. I think they were like 19 years. He's always old. been psycho. 
Yeah, yeah, always okay. been psycho. And uh, he was, I, I want to say they were around 19. My mom was like, <clears throat> she's younger than him, maybe like 17 or something like that. Uh, and it, there was a story she told me about, she used to live on the street, and at the end of the street, or, or yeah, or at, the, at the end of the street, there was a, I guess it was like a phone like a some kind of phone box and it was like a brick wall it was like a brick building like a brick <laughs> box building at the end of the street and she said that they were having an argument and one night she heard a truck like going really fast down the street and it turns out he drove his truck straight into that brick wall and fucked himself up pretty badly and <laughs> i think he was like he played like he was really messed up and they had to airlift him off and all that and it turns out he was completely fine like there <laughs> like that whole story there is my father in a nutshell anyways do you know how many times my mom has threatened to kill herself oh yeah i've got plenty of phone calls you know what really fucking bothers me is the fact that i ended up with with multiple people who were like that actually there was two my ex-girlfriend and my sperm donor them they both were probably the, the worst people i've ever been with they were very similar and they were back to back, you know, so it was like six years straight of just like fucking torture. But one thing that they would always do is threaten suicide. If I leave them, if I were to leave them, like, uh, you know, I'm leaving, I can't do this anymore. Or even if I were to be so level headed and saying, listen, I don't think we're working out. I think we need to probably take a break. And I was being mature as fuck. And they're like, fucking flip the lid completely losing their shit i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna drink and go drive into the tree i'm gonna slit my wrist like literally this is the shit that i had to go through and it's like fucking crazy because my mom did that stuff too even as we were kids like she there was this one instance my older sister she's three years older than me um her name is lindy and she talks about and maybe some of you guys know her but she tells the story of we were all driving in this car I don't know what we were doing, where we were going or what, but like we were going somewhere with my mom. It was me and Lindy. And I think my little brother at the time, I don't think my younger sister was born. So it was just three of us. And so um, my mom says, looks over to my sister. She's talking about killing herself as we're driving down the fucking road. She's just talking about killing herself. And she looks over to Lindy. She's like, you, you know, just talking her into and hyping her up about how Lindy can take care of us and she can be the mom and she can step up. And and I'm pretty sure at this point, my sister's like a teenager. She's like probably like 16 or so something my sister has always been the mom she's always been way older than she actually is and she's always been very mature so my mom because my mom put a lot on my sister would actually go grocery shop for us like she would be the one that would take me and my younger brother in this like little red wagon she would walk us up to walmart and we would get all the groceries for the house and then we would walk back there's been multiple times where our house didn't have power and we had to use candles and my mom has just left us in a lot of shitty situations and she's always treated us like we've just been like this nuisance in her life. And my father was the same way with the kill. It's like, so basically both of them are textbook narcissists, Yeah, you know, and they, they like they, to say they're bipolar and they have mental issues. And I don't know if they do, there is some chemicals, oh yeah, they, but they're just narcissists. Yeah. They're very narcissistic. And there's no cure for narcissism by um, the way. Well, you can work be, if you're self aware. You mm. can probably work on it. If you're self aware, you're not a narcissist. Well, yeah, that's textbook. True. I'm serious. I did research on this shit. Damn, that sucks. Um, true, <laughs> true narcissists. But yeah, don't they crave that sympathy. They really crave self importance. Yeah, like, the self importance is like show me how important I am to you. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's like 
It's a mind fuck. Yeah, and they they do all these things to get you to like sympathize and be like, oh my god, no, don't talk like that. Right. Please don't. They I need feel you so, so much. Important. Yeah, they want to feel important. Like you. They want you to <laughs> beg for them to not take their life. What pisses them off so bad is when you just fuck you. I don't care. Kill yourself. Because they, I mean, there are some people out there that probably have committed suicide. You know, and it's very heartbreaking. But typically, but, when you see people that commit suicide, you never even knew. Right. There was something wrong. Yeah. They're very... In majority of cases, when people commit suicide, it doesn't come from the people who have attempted it. It doesn't come from the people who... Uh, well, there are people who have attempted and then finally are succeeding it, but the, it comes from the people who say nothing. You know, yeah. those are people because they really do want to kill themselves. They're not just saying that because they want your sympathy. So the story about my dad was, uh, God, we were young and we were living in many farms. This is in Bono. And I got a phone call. Or my mom got a phone call from my dad, and he was in this cooped up in this hotel room. He had been gone for like I think like a week. Um, he was this was like a dark time in his life, and he was letting the drinking take hold, and everything else was more important than his job and his family. And he was just like fucked. But anyways, we got a call, and he was talking about how he. he he had a gun and he was going to kill himself in this hotel room. And then I feel like I remember had, this. Yeah, we had to. And he got on the phone with each and every one of us. I don't even know I why my I do remember. You do remember this? I either remember it or I remember you telling me. Yeah, I probably told you this. But uh, was I around? No, this was younger. Okay, this is, then this I remember you telling me the story. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> he was, he talked to all of us and he was talking about how he was going to kill himself and all that. And we're kids. Like, you, that's like super detrimental yeah. for a child to hear mm. that kind of stuff, you know, and just hear that kind of talk from someone you're supposed to be looking up to. And you know? someone who was once normal. Yeah. Well, not really. He was never really normal. Well, there he, was years where he this wasn't is where, as bad. This is where the bipolar part possibly right. comes in because they do have good phases you know yes but where they're doing straight and it's usually about like three to six months of that and then they fuck up again yeah they, they can't be very consistent but yeah and then we had to uh, my mom and them they called the front desk and told the lady don't freak out um i just want to let you know there's someone in the hotel room with a gun and he's threatening to kill himself and all this um turns out he pussed out and never did it and yeah, he. It was more. It's a problem when you're seeking that self-importance, and you they completely neglect how it's gonna affect others because they don't care about anybody else but themselves. Right, and he didn't care how it was gonna affect me, my brothers, right. my sister. You know, he was just. It was all about him. Um, but yeah, do you have any more story? What's some other stories about? There was a good five years of my life where I witnessed my mom having her shit together. Same here. Um, she, you know, she was with this man, which I feel like was the majority of the reason she was with this guy who made really good money. So we had a good life. We had a really nice house. We had the golf carts and the dirt bikes and the thing. We had all the <laughs> things. We had it, we had it all right. <laughs> and you, the it's same, so funny. It's crazy how, how similar our how stories similar are. Similar that is to me. Yeah. And my story with my. Family. Uh, it's it's uh, I'm bamboozled but then so there was about five years and it was everything was fine or maybe I was just naive and I didn't see the narcissism that she was portraying but she was sober in those five years so that's the longest she's ever been sober since she's probably been like 13 um and what happened was I went to jail and that's when she went off the rails which she used me as a reason to go off the rails um 
it was just not a whatever. I went to jail. She went off the rails. And then ever since then, it just that's when I learned that she apparently liked dating black guys, which I have no problem with. But like, I just never knew that about my mom. Yeah. Um, she also smoked weed, which I didn't know that about that at that point either. I was like, OK, I got out of jail and she was this whole new person and she was smoking weed and she was drinking again. And she tried to hide it for a little bit like she always does. But you can you always tell you can't hide weed. First of all, that shit smells. No. It's like so no, well, the drinking she was definitely trying to hide like. I can almost tell, just like I can tell with you, yeah. and I think the reason I can tell with you is because I've 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 watched her do it for so long. No, it's I like, can tell the the moment you take a sip of alcohol. I it's like I can feel that shit. Yeah, and it's so crazy. Remember that back whenever we were, oh yeah, you know, in our I phase do. of like I was pregnant, but you were still kind of drinking on the weekends, and I was. It was a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I was. Uh, I could tell. I was uh, functioning at a high level of. Uh, drunkness right if i could say because i was like i can drink a lot and i can function at a very high tolerance you know yeah because <clears throat> i mean i've done that most of my life and i've right i mean we've been drinking since we've been 13 yeah and you know maybe i don't know when did you start drinking we I were i didn't really start drinking hard until after i started to take hydrocodone a lot no but when did we like we were drinking well, well i know 16 years old I've been drinking since I've been 15. No, well, listen, I, th there's a difference in someone who, like, we would a party on the weekends and, like, drink a little bit. Every that's now, how it now starts. Then. Yeah, that's how it starts. But there's that's a whole different level when you have to drink every, I would literally drink every single day, and I would have to drink from morning time till I go to sleep. And that's when you know it's a problem. And I was a functioning alcoholic. That's when you know it's a problem. It right. was a problem well before. It's a problem when you're 15 years old and you're drinking. Another story about my father was, it was around the same time. Okay, so most of these stories are going to be around when I was like, I want to say 15, maybe 14, 14 to 16 and 17. Mm -hmm. um, with, it was when he was doing really good. We had everything, like Kelsey was saying, like we had dirt bikes. We had a really nice house um, on like five acres of land mm -hmm. with a pond in the back. We had mm -hmm. a nice barn with dirt bikes, four-wheelers, everything, the garage. There was a huge weight room in there. It was just everything was going good for us. And then it just took a huge fucking turn. <laughs> this alcohol, <laughs> it was fucking crazy. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> Everything just flipped and like everything just started to go downhill. And this is when all this shit would happen. But there was this one story where uh, I was hanging out. Um, you know, my dad, I think, had a couple friends over and stuff like that. And they were all drinking and we were just hanging out, you know, and it got late at night. And I think they wanted to go get some more alcohol. And one of my dad's friends uh, being a good person that he was, uh, denied that and said, you're, you're too drunk, you know, give me your keys. You don't, you don't need to drive nowhere. And then you can't tell that kind of person. No, no, you cannot you tell that kind of person. Like no, Michael and he fucking <laughs> <laughs> kind of, he kind of fucking flipped right there. And then that's when everything kind of went haywire. We had a little, uh, we had a fire going cause it was kind of chilly outside this had to been around uh, November, October, something like that. And um, there was a gas can. And he fucking threw the goddamn gas can 
in the fire. It lit on fire, and then he slung it into the house. The whole house is on fire. I'm freaking. Not the whole house, because you put it out. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Well, the house like caught the, on fire. The side of the house. Okay. Yeah, and the you vinyl. You said the whole house. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys. That uh, no, just ha- like one side of the house started to catch on fire, and I was like freaking out because the vinyl siding's melting. All this is just escalating really quick. They're starting to like kind of wrestle a little bit with each other. The and, like, fuck? Yeah, and I'm like over him not being able to go get beer yeah and i'm over here as a kid just trying to put out uh, i'm trying i'm scared for our house trying to put it out with our with the water hose and all this finally at all after that i don't really remember how, weren't happened. you like nine how old were you i said 14 I, oh I, was, I thought your mom said nine i don't know or noah's age or something not I, noah's age but i don't know i was probably younger than that i, I could have been younger i don't know but after that i really don't remember much but that's insane like okay you know what's funny? Not funny. You know what's amazing? Our kids are never going to have to deal with that. Oh, They're yeah. never going to have to deal with yeah. their life being flipped upside down in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Like, it's just such a blessing. That's that so we traumatic. This shit. Like, that's why, that's what right. a lot of my anxiety in, like, God. has built up from is because I've had those, like, extreme, just traumatic moments. And, and having to, like, and those type of people, they just fucking snap on an instance. You say something wrong, you do something wrong, and they're just fucking snapping, and it's like, it creates so much fucking anxiety that honestly is almost irreparable. It's like, it becomes a part of your DNA when you grow up in a household like that. Like, my mom was always angry and yelling and throwing shit and just... And, and just like, you know, she was right all the time. You never had an opinion. There was no respect. She didn't respect us. And I fully believe now more than ever, like your kids, it doesn't matter how old they are. They deserve respect. You know, they deserve for you to talk to them kindly. And I'm still working on, um, doing that because I came from such a toxic, disrespectful childhood. But yeah, um, I guess one of the craziest stories I have about my mom is there was this one time where I was... I had gotten out of jail, so I was 17. It was Christmas, so no, I was 16. I hadn't turned 17 yet. So I was 16 years old, and um, I had this boyfriend at the time, and and my mom has lived anywhere, everywhere. She's had every job under the sun that you can think of. She is like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, she's done everything you can think of. So anyways, and we've lived everywhere. She could never keep a home, and that was one of the things that... She's teabagged from... Yeah, <laughs> she really is. That reminds me of her so much. But I, um, one of the things that kind of get me is like, I want to here soon build a house for our kids to just have somewhere to always call home. And that's something I never had, you know, like I don't, I don't have a place that, that I can go back to that I grew up in because she just could never keep anything. So anyways, we were jumping around you know, at first, when I first got out of jail, we would like be living in hotels and shit. And she had me brainwashed thinking that like the family was against her and she was all this good person. And she didn't know why they were so against her. And now I'm like, cause you're fucking crazy. But, um, <laughs> like what the fuck? I, she had me brainwashed. So I was on her side. That was my mom. I was very attached to my mom. Um, and so anyways, we were living in this house. We, it was, so here's the, it starts off crazy as fuck. Okay. So what she did was she found someone, I guess on Craigslist or something, this woman 
who needed her house to be taken care of while she was out of town working. But her son was still there. And her son was probably like 16, 17, whatever. Which, why the fuck couldn't he? Anyways, whatever. So, my mom is very good at manipulation. And so, she somehow got into this lady's house and was like, okay, well, we'll take care of it while you're gone. So, my mom just like literally moves into this lady's house with me. And uh, I don't know where the fuck I was. Or maybe I I was living. I was like staying with my boyfriend at the time. So, I wasn't even living in this house with her. Um, So... We were living in this random lady's house, whatever. I think it was like Christmas Eve or New Year's or some shit. I go out with my friends and my boyfriend and then I get a call from her and she's like, Kelsey, I need you to come home right now. Like, I need you to come. I need you to come, come home, whatever. I need you to come home right now. Um, I think I killed somebody. Oh my God. <laughs> something you never want to hear. And at the time, um, it's like, sometimes it's like, well, at the time, I was like, oh, it's not even a big deal. I didn't realize. But an accumulation of all the shit was just very traumatic to me over time. Um, but anyway, she she called me in, and she said, I think I killed somebody. I was like, okay. So I went back to the house and uh, with my boyfriend. And my boyfriend at the time was probably like, what the fuck is happening? Because <laughs> he's, <just sitting laughs> he's just sitting there. Is this his first time being exposed to this? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I told him my mom was crazy. But, oh, you know, okay. they don't really believe you until they see yeah. that shit. So, um, anyway, I mean, everyone's crazy is on a, like if it's, di- yeah. it's different for what kind of crazy, Yeah. but anyway, no, she's batshit crazy. So we go there and this woman, and now she's listen, she's drinking, she's snorting all kinds of, um, prescription pills. Like she's just off the, her fucking rocker. So she, I get in there and her, and I go into her room and she had been in her room all night drinking, doing pills, listening to music, recording herself, getting ready. I mean, just psycho shit. Like, not that that's psycho, the drugs and alcohol. And so she literally is on her hands and knees looking on the floor trying to find blood because she thinks that her her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend at the time, his name was Lawrence, um, she thinks that he had her kill somebody. And she's like, he cleaned it all up and he's trying to set me up. And I think he's outside the window looking at me and I think he's recording me. And so she's on the floor looking for the blood. And I, you know, because I'm like, okay, what the fuck is, did this happen? So I'm looking around, I'm looking for their blood and I'm like, okay, I'm just unsure how to think about the situation. And so she's like looking for blood, telling me to look, help her look for blood. She's frantic. She's freaking out. And all of my boyfriend's just sitting on the couch. She's like, what the fuck? And so, um, I don't really know what happened with that. And she ended up calling my grandparents and telling them, like, I think Lawrence had me kill somebody and I need a lawyer and I need this. And it's like, no one knows anything about this. So you're just going to go to a lawyer and say, tell them that you think you killed somebody. So anyways, it was just a crazy situation. And that was like one of the craziest things I've ever seen outside of the fact that she, when we were living in hotels around that same time, like she would make me go wait outside for her to trick and have guys come over and her fuck them for money. And, you know, it's like, I say, no wonder I fucking ended up doing sex work because look at, you know, look at the role model that I had that told me that it really kind of showed me that it was okay. And it's not okay. It's not something that anybody should ever do. And I felt like I did it for anyways. That's not besides what she's crazy as fuck. Yeah. That kind of similar, <laughs> like the drugs and alcohol mixed together will, fucking and you know was it her prescription drugs yeah yeah because she was manipulating the doctors to give her drugs because she would tell them that she has all this shit wrong with her and they fucking believed her yeah oh i have anxiety obviously and depression and all this they'd give her all kinds of shit she just snorted it all another story was this was after we moved out uh this is when everything was really crumbling down um and he was like at his worst 
he was living in some shack or something like that. We were living in this apartment and he had been gone for like four days. And like we had had a phone call from him. Um, he was acting crazy saying that he broke into someone's house or whatnot. And then we get a knock on the door. I open the door. I just crack it. Cause I, I, he, I know his behavior and he's been acting crazy and stuff. So I just crack the door open and ask him what's going on. What's up with you and all this. And he's like sweating fucking profusely. He has so much sweat. It looked like he just jumped in a pool. <laughs> I was like, Oh, why are you so sweaty? And then like, that's all I could think about is why he's so sweaty. And then all of a sudden he like lifts this up and he's got like this 357 Magnum oh and he's my got a God. huge gun. Like it, and he sticks it in the doorway. Oh. Yeah, like to like hold the door open from me shutting it. And he kind of like. In your face? I don't. I mean, I kind of moved out the way. And then when he got out the way, I shut the door and locked it. And then we all just kind of huddled up. We um, we called the cops. We were telling, we were like, we called the cops. You better get the fuck out of here or whatever. Anyways, we he goes out to his truck. And then all of a sudden we hear two fucking gunshots. He shot, he got in his truck and he shot one through the, or he shot like two rounds through his floorboard. And then we just hear him speed off and then. He takes off, and then we never hear from him. Anyways, they they end up catching him. Um, he had broke into, um, he broke into the person's house that made the blueprint for the house that we used to live in, where he was doing good, <laughs> and stole the gun from him and stole some other shit from that person. Oh my god! And it it was crazy. He went to he went to jail for a little while. And I remember him getting out and then he had nowhere to go and whatever. I guess he stayed with us for a little bit, but he literally had lost so much weight. He was so skinny. He had a huge beard. He looked like Brian Cranston. Um, This was a different time. Not recent. This is a different, this was after we recently he's real skinny from doing meth. Oh yeah. Now he's real. Yeah. Now he's on meth. Still doing the same shit. Him and my mom. Yeah, I don't Same know. Shit. Like, it's, somehow these people avoid death at all costs. What the f- in jail? Like, well, like okay, my well, mom. He's been to jail, but yeah, he should be. He should be in prison for years. Yeah, he should be. Both in there. of them should. Yeah. For the shit that they have done, like it's so beyond me. And he's so lucky. Another time was whenever uh, this isn't even a crazy story. This just shows you like these kind of people, like their luck, and with all this. We were living, this was when we were in How Mini Farms. How are they not dead? And How did you not die? Right, exactly. <laughs> TikTok. Um, I can tell stories all day. There was one instance where, well, I'll get to the good, I'll get to the lucky story after this one, but there was an instance where my dad, this was in Mini Farms, um, He, everyone's in bed and whatnot, and this old man's holding on to my dad, and they come through the back door. My dad is fucked. He's all beat up. He looks like shit. Um, and he's doing his little sob story. And he's like, and he's talking to my, he called my mom. mom. He calls my mom, mom. Like, I guess that was his thing to say. He's like, mom, I, fl- I flipped. I think he's I, just fucked. I flipped the beetle. This man, okay, my sister, he got my sister a beetle. She used to drive it to high school or whatnot. And it was a little bug. You remember the Volkswagen yeah. Beetles? And he was, uh, for some reason, driving that around. 
His fucking big ass. He's like <laughs> he's like 6'3", 250 pounds on a good day. He's huge. He's a big guy, you know? And he's trying... For some reason, he's driving around in this goddamn bug. I can only imagine if I saw a guy like that pull up at a like convenience store and get out. Like the car would probably fucking wobble when he got out. Anyways, yeah. he he was drinking. He must have passed out driving, and he flipped that motherfucker at least four or five times in the ditch, and he survived it. And he got away. And he called some. He had friends come tow the vehicle for him, so there was no. Uh, there was no police investigation or anything like that involved. Nobody else was involved in the wreck. It was just him. And he had wrecked right. it and flew in the ditch and flipped it. But there's that instance. Um, and I remember just freaking him. Like my mom screaming and yelling at him. And the other guy that's like holding him up was like, yeah, you get him. Get him. <laughs> it was just crazy. Cause like, <laughs> I say it's crazy, but it, a kind in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, here we go. Here, dad did something again. It, yeah, it becomes so normal for them to just like whatever. Like, oh, she attempted suicide again. Okay, like you know, it's like it's right. just so normal. Like it's like the boy who cried wolf. Like it, it gets to the point where we don't care. <laughs> we do not care anymore because and you he's ruined your reputation. He's extremely lucky. So the other story is, he comes home one day, and this man won seventy five. <laughs> 75 grand on a scratch-off ticket. What the fuck is this life, Lord? Out of anybody who can win 75 grand on a a lottery ticket, this man won 75 grand. After taxes, he probably took away like 50 grand. Why? Like you never, I never hear about anyone winning over, I hear guys like, oh yeah, I won 500 on a scratch-off. I won 500 on a, you know, a couple. You don't hear anybody's like, yeah, I I won almost 100 grand on a scratch-off ticket. No, this man won 75 grand on a scratch off ticket. You know, he could have done some good things with that. He blew all of it. He blew all the money. And that's That's one thing that's really in common with narcissists and people like that is. And just an addict in general. They have very sporadic spending. They don't know how to control their spending at all. He he is the worst with money, but. Yeah, I just find it so. And I got way more stories. I could go on forever, but that's just. I just wanted to give you all you get a couple. The, you get the point. <laughs> you get the point, guys. <laughs> it's just so crazy. I'm so, like, um, I just am so grateful that our kids will never have to experience having parents. It doesn't matter what we go through at this point, even if we were to end our relationship. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. They're never going to have to go through that yeah. because we became very aware of the cycle and we stopped the cycle. Yeah, I don't want my kids to be exposed to any of that traumatic behavior because I know how how detrimental that is to your mental health. And these people are not in our kids' life. Yeah. Like we had to shut them out completely. We shut them out completely. These people Um, are, yeah, they're these kind of people. They, they plague everything and just wherever you are, whatever you're doing, like they have, it's literally the energy they put off. Just soon as they get around, they could not, they could could not be doing anything wrong. And it's it's just there. Their presence is just draining. God. And it's so, I don't know if like you have to be an empath to like really feel that. If you've ever experienced that, you can let us know, but like it, it's, it's a serious thing. And, um, I've gotten really good at like, honestly, um, determining who's going to be in my life based on the energy I feel from them when I'm around them. Yeah. If I don't like your energy, it's like in it, I feel drained when I'm around you. That's not a good sign. Um, and so, yeah, you know, 
I just think that it's it's just crazy. But yeah, we just wanted to expose y'all to some of our uh, crazy stories about our um, parents because you know they've done some crazy stuff in our lives, and I think some of these stories should be told. But anyways, <laughs> you know, I was gonna say something else too. Yeah, go ahead. Um, if you have people in your life that you feel disrespect you, they cross boundaries constantly, they um, are alcoholics or drug addicts, you have every right to shut them out of your life with no explanation, especially if you have kids. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are or how you're related or what your circumstances are or whatever. If you are an alcoholic or you're addicted to drugs or you disrupt my energy or you disrespect me, you are not going to be around my kids. Like, that's just how it is. And I have people message me all the time, like, Kelsey, how do I cut my mom out? She's this. She's disrespectful. How do I, do I need to cut her out of my life or just my kid's life? Like, no, if you feel disrespected and you feel manipulated by this person, what do you think she's doing to your kids? So, uh, real quick, if you Him, have, her, so, whatever. yeah, if you have someone in your life that does that, you know, you sometimes, um, there's other people in the family that kind of allow that kind of behavior. Right. Cause you it's know? family. Yeah. 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 And honestly, you have to cut almost all of them out because yeah. they, they influence that behavior. They're all toxic and, at yeah, that point. It's, it's They're really, contaminated. It's extremely toxic, and it it becomes very hard when you have multiple people multiple people involved because if it gets to that point, you do have to cut them all out. Right. You can't allow like say for instance like for you cutting your mom out and then you know with your I honestly have cut out every single person in my family besides my nana on my dad's side and my sister. I don't talk to anybody else. I don't associate because they all number one stick up for my mom and they try and get her to be in my life. They're always trying to force her into my life and I just don't have room for that. And on top of that, if you don't see if they don't see the behavior and what's wrong with that person, they're a part of the problem. Like if it's grandparents or great grandparents or whatever. So like I just like remove myself from the situation. I don't talk to them and and everybody's going to die. That does not give anybody an excuse to treat you like shit or manipulate you or disrespect you. And then like, there's there's always the well you know what they're they're getting better they're they're, oh they're doing God. they're doing way better for themselves and I think they're gonna change this time you know well you know what's crazy to me is like my aunt um she used to be a huge alcoholic was very I just didn't like her at all it was just like not a good situation and so she went to prison for something and then she ended up getting out well when she got out the whole family was like oh I love you and they were all back around her or whatever and I was like um no I don't trust you at all and yeah. it took about six months for me to see that she was doing good for me to be back in her life well I finally got back in her life and she it turned life just did a whole 360 and she actually I started to see the toxic again. I started to see the manipulation and the just the toxic behaviors that came from like, my grandparents. Honestly, right, right, right. She was doing good for herself, but the core like values and kind yeah. of things still that or like behavior. Yeah, those core behaviors were still kind of lingering, and like you can get better. Like you have to with be aware of alcohol, but like oh, if right. they're still doing like. It, behavioral shit like being toxic being manipulative yeah that's manipulating you to make you feel like you have to be in their life because of how much they do for you like that's a big mm -hmm. thing that my mom and my aunt always did was like they they would do so much for you my mom didn't really have money like that so she would do things for me in a sense that made my life easier she would babysit my kids she would do clean my house she would do these things that would make my life easier so that she could be like all i've done for you and then make me feel like she's an asset to my life when she really yeah. wasn't and anytime she would come into my life like eric was talking about that? it was just so what is that called that's self-importance yeah that's a self-importance like 
you should never hold a or you should never put someone on a pedestal and like or put yeah. you know and like especially yourself like everyone is equal humans like we all there's no grass is greener on the other side i'm telling you everybody's got their their problems and their mistakes and everybody's got their skeletons in their closet yeah and to hold uh, and to hold something um over someone's head is so what's a good word that i'm it's manipulating maybe i, I would say it's just because you want that self-importance, but yeah, they, they had to do the work also. They had to do everything to get out of that situation or whatever. Yeah, you probably helped them, helped them a little bit, but to hold that, my dad was, he's perfect for doing that. That's, right. That's what he does. He's like, you know what I've done for this family? You know everything, you know? It's God, just like, that's all they can say. My right. mom too is like, uh, she, she holds it over my head all the time that she got me out of jail. She held a fundraiser to raise money to get me out of jail, and she holds it over my head all the time. Anytime we would have any kind of uh, disagreement or argument, or I would disrespect her, and I'd tell her to go fuck herself, like she'd be like, <laughs> "You know, I fucking got you out of jail. You'd be in prison if it wasn't for me right now." I'm like, "You're my mother. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You were supposed to fucking get me out of jail if I go to jail. Like, what? If my kids go to jail, I'm gonna get them out. I'm not gonna hold that shit over their head. I'm just gonna figure out what the how we can keep you out of jail." What we got to do now. <laughs> but anyways. That's it, guys, for this podcast. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Let us know what you think. Find us on all of our platforms, Eric Carraway and Kelsey Ray. Make sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. We appreciate that so much. And you can tag us in your Instagram stories if you have it as well. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thank you.